and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris, in which we discuss everything that's happening in and around the world of football. But before we get into that, if you like what you're hearing, then make sure you like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I said, I'm joined by Brad, and it's been a busy week up in Manchester for the Red Devils, it seems. Not just Manchester, I think everywhere just feels busy. The football delivers, as always. Yeah. I mean, Champions League action back, uh, Europa League, the Inter... Not I nearly called it the Intertoto Cup, the <laughs> Europa Conference League. <laughs> I just love that this is the respect we show to this conversation. I mean, it is t- it's the same as the Intertoto Cup was back in our day, when, like when we were younger. Yeah, and I know we said we would never cover it, but how could we not? After the stuff yeah. that took place, just, it needs to be discussed. Yes, uh, but we'll get onto that in a second. Um, there's only one place that we can really start, and that is to do one with replace. Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> and that is up at Old Trafford. Uh, it was broke yesterday by The Athletic that Manchester United are to appoint Ralph Rangnick as the club's interim manager for the rest of the season and then he will move uh, up on to the board level as a consultant on a two-year deal. Um, what are your initial thoughts on this appointment? Is it a sensible one? Because let's face uh, it, is the idea of an interim manager just a bit like, poor in, in general? Because there's no stability to it. Yeah, I know what you mean when you say that, but I think for this instance for United, considering how well uh, Ralph has done everywhere he goes, it's a really smart appointment by the club and um, it's one of them where he comes in and I think he changes his whole philosophy of like looking back and playing the so-called United way and he will implement his own style. Yes, I mean... The one thing I hope he does carry on is the academy player in every lineup because that's been going on for generations now. But I think everything else of trying to play the so-called United way completely changes, and everyone knows what it is uh, like under Ralph Rangnick, how his teams play. Obviously, most people nowadays know him for his RB Leipzig days, but if you think back a decade ago, he managed to get Schalke to uh, the Champions League semi-final where they lost to Manchester United um, and he's seen as sort of like the godfather of the modern game Yeah I think you look at your managers like Jurgen Klopp for instance they are sort of inspired a little bit by the way he works and how he I guess it's analytical in a way Hmm. which is everything that Manchester United are not so you're yeah. going to get some that are going to be like, well, this, this isn't right, is it? Come mm. off Gary Neville. <laughs> Although yes. he's been quite supportive of it and you know, they've got nothing bad to say about the guy, really. I think it's one of them, though, they know nothing about the fella. Really yeah, I don't think anyone in this country properly does. No. I mean, like, because obviously the Bundesliga has never really been shown over here before. I mean, obviously Sky have now got the rights, but... It was previously behind a paywall uh, if you had, if you didn't have BT Sport, so it's not really something many people look out for. And you'd only have seen him in his time at Champions League level uh, with Leipzig and Schalke. 
so it is a bit of an unknown for the English press but those who have watched the German game a bit more will know actually he's a really good appointment and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how he gets this side lining up yeah the Leipzig stuff is obviously what he's more as far as he touched on mm. he's had to build a team from the lower divisions yeah like, granted they were given the resources to do it and Red Bull have their own like way of doing things that's why they've done it with numerous clubs yes and I think um, one thing that really intrigues me is because he's known as sort of like the master of the Gagan press formation is how do you fit Ronaldo into that because he seems to like his attackers to defend from the front and then everything and then the attack to start from the defence and we know Ronaldo's not really that type of player so it'd be interesting to see how they line up Um, I think he'll I think he can he'll go into it knowing that he's got to try and fit one of the best players in the world in somehow Mm. it's it's less Ronaldo I think it's one of the others if you've seen the vid from I can't remember how long it was but he openly criticises a certain Luke Shaw very openly so yeah. you know and we're looking at it as it's not just Luke Shaw it's Harry Maguire it's Fred it's all the usual suspects I mean Fred had a decent game the other night for us against Villarreal yeah one decent game doesn't do it for me but yeah I think it'll be very interesting to see what his first 11 is I mean if he was that truthful about Luke Shaw maybe that is that the end of his tenure for the next like half a season or so and do we see Alex Tellish make more starts um, obviously Maguire uh, we don't know about him and how he fits into this system and I think it's one of them where obviously his first game could potentially be next Thursday against Arsenal Um because he won't be in charge for this weekend's game against Chelsea, Michael Carrick still to take that job. But it is going to be very interesting to see how he gets this eleven out of the twenty-five playing and who he selects. And does he make any transfers in January, or that helps him now and the manager in the future, or uh, do they not make any signings and he tries to offload to make the club in a best possible position? I think it's more or less the latter, considering mm. how tough the January transfer window can be, and that there's going to be more than enough clubs trying to sign players in that as it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the main player that probably leave United will be Jesse Lingard. Um, he seems set because obviously not getting the game time, and his contract's up in the summer. Um, Paul Pogba, I would imagine, will stay, and his future won't be resolved until the summer. Uh, and then you look at the likes of Donny van der Beek. Does he get more game time now under Rangnick? Um, well, you'd think, like, look what happens when he does get the game time. Well, yeah. Um, I think you look in the defence. Can the United finally get rid of Phil Jones? Uh, I think that's one of the main issues as well. And then what did they do up front do they try and keep Cavani for another year or do they say you can go at the end of this season and we'll try to look to bring in another striker whether it be Erling Haaland Mbappe or Harry Kane for uh, in the summer obviously not this January window it's all about the data 
Yes. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, right, that's enough about Ralph Rangnick. Uh, we have had Champions League action this week, as we said in the intro, and definitely hasn't disappointed at all this week. Um, where do you want to start on this week's action? Well, if I would like to go through some of the points, and you can mm. riff off of that if you'd like. So I want to start with the, the obvious one. Uh, is it true that PSG really are a team of individuals? Yes. I mean, it's case in point before. I mean, not just PSG, but you try and assemble a super squad like that and it doesn't work. A prime example being the Galacticos. I don't think they won a Champions League back no. in the day, or they may have won one. So it shows you can have the best players in the world, but if they don't play as a team, then it's useless. And we said it on our podcast, I think maybe three weeks ago now, how it seems to be like a they're all a bit of prima donnas in the club and it seems to be like its own reality sort of show. And that's what you don't need. And unfortunately, that is the PSG way. Like they'd rather go out and fuck all these millions on superstars and try to get them to play as a team rather than building up decent players to then become world class at what they can play as a team and they're just going to keep doing this same thing of shooting themselves in the foot in that sense it's okay having these top quality players nothing wrong with that unless you yeah. you know overspent massively and you're breaking FFP doing illegal things yes but with that you're getting big personalities Mm -hmm. who want to play every minute and want to be the man. Yeah, It's just not possible. Especially in modern football when teams win. Yeah, I mean, Champions League last year, who won it? It was a Chelsea team rather than individuals. You look at Liverpool when they won the league title, it was team. Man City when they won the league title last season, it's team rather than individuals. Yes, they'll have one or two standout players, but... The whole thing of it in general is they play as a team rather than individuals, but PSG, you can't see that. Yeah, I was going to say, with Man City, you, it's a team that's still got quality of individuals, but you don't see mm. egos necessarily. No. With PSG, it's front and centre. You've got Neymar who always wonders, why am I never considered one of the best players ever? Well, it's because you act like a dick and you never turn up in the big games. Yeah. Killing Mbappe is not going down that route. But something's off when yeah, it comes to some I of the big games. Is he because he's around the wrong people? I don't know. I, I think I think it is. If he was in a different environment, whether he, it was he stayed at Monaco or instead of making that move to PSG, he made the move somewhere else uh, that summer. I think he we would be talking in the sense of him as like Erling Haaland. Like yes, he's on the same level as Erling Haaland in goal scoring ability, but like. Like you said, the attitude in certain big games, it just seems to be in the wrong crowd and it's not working well enough for him. I think Haaland's sort of a different debate as well. We saw last season when he had the chance to turn up in a big game and that never happened, really, mm. against Man City. And the thing with Haaland is we know he's got a bit of an ego to him as well. There's a bit of a Zlatan thing with him, yeah. <laughs> I feel. But at least he gets the job done. Same with Zlatan, like he has the ego, but it pays off when you see what he does on the pitch and he gets results where needed, whether it be trophies or 
the big goals in games. Mm. And both of them are young, so they've got mm. time to get yeah. over that, and they'll be in tears one day when they are the man. Yeah, 100%. Um, speaking on that Champions League game, it means both teams obviously progressed through to the last 16, City as guaranteed table toppers, whilst PSG will finish second. But it's one of them where Pochettino in the Champions League at PSG it hasn't looked really convincing, has he? No, not really, but I don't think he's comfortable there. You could say oh, from no. some of the league performances that we've seen them you know, drop recently. Mm. Mm. There's something to the Man United stuff. Is he really as obvious as him becoming the manager in the summer? I think it could be that, but I think... He's famous in, in the UK. Well, yeah, well, his son plays for Watford, Maurizio Pochettino. Um, so it's no surprise there. And I think it was one of them where it was it's too good of a job to turn down, but at the same time, it would have been smarter of him to turn it down because it's just the whole pressure of PSG and Nasser Al-Khalifa with all this pressure of trying to win a Champions League and be the best team in the world is too much for him like to go from Spurs to take a bit of time out to go to that is just too much Is he, he's too nice isn't he to be in mm. that ego driven environment yeah but to go to PSG you need a bit of ruthlessness which is probably why Zidane is perfect because he's done it before yeah. with Real Madrid oh 100% and it would make sense like you yes he is like the French superstar of the past, but you know he will demand a hundred percent from his players and will get it. Yeah, uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, can we say that La Cobham is better than La Masia? Uh At this current stage in time, yes, Cobham is producing more talents than uh, La Masia. Obviously, Chelsea absolutely thrashing Juventus 4-0. Um, and it wasn't even like it was a close game in the end. Like yeah. Chelsea seemed to heavily dominate it. Yeah, so it's off of Juventus. We've seen it in the league. They're not performing well and they've not like, been great either in the Champions League. Mm. Well, this I mean, Chelsea team is something else. Yeah. Only conceded one goal so far in this Champions League uh, group stages. And first three goals were scored, as we've talk- alluded to, by three academy players, Trevor Shalabar, Reese James and Hudson Odoi. And Tuchel's just got this squad playing really, really well. Like They're one of the, if not the most feared side in Europe at the minute. Yeah, well, like, everyone was going, like, including us, like, oh, well, they've lost to Kaku, where are the goals going to come from? Yeah, it just turns out Reese James has clearly got a good enough goal-scoring ability. <laughs> yeah. And Hudson Odoi, when he gets a few runs of games that he has done out on that left hand side, is really good as well. Yeah, he's looks like he's starting to show his worth a little bit as well again. Mm. After the, when he first came on, there was all the talks of him going to Bayern Munich and replicate Sancho. Yeah. So yeah, Chelsea just need fullbacks more than they need strikers, which is strange. But obviously, um, speaking of fullbacks. Ben Chilwell, it is feared that he is out for the season with an ACL injury. Obviously, as of time recording, there hasn't been a full disclosure of his injury, but it doesn't seem good for him. Uh, If it is true, 
he would should be back by August September time if all goes well so that would be the start of uh, next season well yeah it's a big big loss obviously uh, that will leave Aspilicueta to do the fullback role and then I think they're bringing uh, I saw somewhere yesterday that they're bringing one of their academy players back uh, as cover is this how much they trust Marcus Alonso yeah, I think he's practically done at this team. Yeah, it's a it's a steroid show. Well, it's massive shame for him considering he looked like he was really on form, and he was yeah. scoring as well. Another fullback just adding the goals in when they've got no strikers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, got it for him as long as he's back for the World Cup. I think that's the priority for him probably. Yes. Uh, the youngster in question was uh, Ian Martin from. Uh, who's been on loan at Coventry. Mm. Yeah, I think they rave about him a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, sticking with the fullbacks, because my point that I'm going to raise now is sort of leading into Liverpool and Porto. Is the Trent Alexander-Arnold Reese James debate the new Gerard Lampard argument? Yes. I really do think it is. I think we could say the main difference, though, is... At least with Gerald and Lampard, you, there is the ability to play them together. You necessarily mm-hmm. couldn't make it work, which we always saw. You yeah. cannot play Rhys James and Trent Alexander-Arnold together. They play the same position. Unless uh, you see Southgate change formation in a sense that you have uh, Trent as a wing-back and you have James as like a right centre-back but as cover uh, for right-back win. Uh, England are on the attack if that makes any sense I think we've seen enough now to go yeah Alexander-Arnold shouldn't be playing in midfield if anything it's Mm. Rhys James that we should be configuring to the CDM if we wanted to do it yeah well I look at at Rhys James' attacking ability and I think yeah you're too good to be playing centre-back as well Mm -hmm. so we want you to get forward now as well it doesn't help that Rhys James is now already even better at attacking you to see that Alexander Arnold <laughs> yeah it is a bit of a conundrum for uh, Gareth Southgate to deal with it's a nice one to have though. yes um, that Liverpool game comfortable 2-0 win for them Salah and Thiago scoring the goals which an absolutely lovely stroke from Thiago in that game it was felt like old school Thiago which seems weird to say because he's not that old no, it's probably the the best moment he's had in his Liverpool career so far. Yeah, one hundred percent. Victory for Liverpool obviously means they are through to the last sixteen uh, comfortably as table toppers. The the rest of that group really is open. I mean, there's one point separating Porto and Atletico Madrid, who are surprisingly bottom of that group. And going into that last match day, anything really can happen. I mean, uh, Atletico. They will be playing Porto on the last match day whilst Liverpool are taking on AC Milan. It's really in uh, Simeone's side's hands there. Yeah, they should come through that. But no, Porto, they'll turn up because that's what they seem to do. They just turn up against every other team that's not Liverpool. Yeah, which is uh, not good news for Simeone and co. But yeah, could you imagine that? No Atletico Madrid in the latter stages of any European competition because as it stands, like I said, they are bottom of their group. So 
if it was to stay the same, Porto would be advancing to the round of 16 with Liverpool and AC Milan would be dropping down to the Europa League. Mm, wouldn't be ideal for Simeone, would it? Oh, no. Be massive uh, pressure on him then to do well in the league this season. Yeah, uh, sticking with La Liga teams. So the final point before you can run through the results. Mm-hmm. Only a Barcelona player could get injured doing a knee slide. Yeah, I mean, name me a more Barcelona thing than that currently. I I genuinely don't think I could think of a more Barcelona thing possible. It sums it all up, really, doesn't it? Just. Mm that happening Ronald Araujo scores at least he thinks he scores we'll get with that knee slides realises he's done his hamstring and then a couple of minutes after the goal's rolled out (laughs) he's just like pain on top of pain on top of more pain there for Barcelona if you're Xavi you're just so annoyed in that moment yeah oh 100% and looking forward for them they're not guaranteed to go through because they play Bayern Munich in the last game of the C- uh, the group stages and obviously if Benfica win and Barcelona lose Barcelona will be dropping down to the Europa League for the absolute banter that would come from football Twitter we need Barcelona in the Europa League oh my god that honestly would be hilarious for like you say social media but Barcelona, for instance, that's not going to help them recover financially at all anytime soon. No, because the Europa League definitely doesn't offer what you'd be getting offered in the Champions League. Although, if we think about it, maybe their best way of qualifying for the Champions League next season will be by winning the Europa League. I mean, looking at some of the teams that are dropping down to the Europa League, it's not guaranteed that they will win it. No, the Europa League is Oh, if you actually think it's going to hot up quite nicely. Oh, 100%. Um, but speaking of Barcelona in the Champions League this season, they've only scored two goals in the Champions League. That team has, doesn't have a goal scorer. Maybe no, Depay isn't mean, going to rip it up, is it? No. I mean, he had an incredible season last year with Lyon, but he is literally now having to carry Barcelona on his back, and that's too much of a job for even him to do like don't get me wrong he's a class player but he is not that good no he's he's not the guy you want leading in the top quality team you want him as the partner to someone who is the world class talent Mm. he's he's the Pedra out of all this (laughs) yeah I know what you mean it really is like what Pedro was meant to be but at least Pedro had Messi and Co to fall back on Memphis has Luke de Jong to fall back on to <laughs> can't say <laughs> can't but, uh, not laugh whether he's like yeah Barcelona their top striker Luke de Jong <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah, that's it's just not sound right. realistic. <laughs> oh, God, no. But uh, a lot of pressure on Xavi to get things right and try and get them to advance to the knockout stages of this Champions League. 
Right, um, a quick look at the rest of the action this past week. Manchester United got off to a winning start at life under Michael Carrick with a 2-0 win against Villarreal. Jadon Sancho finally scoring his first goal for the club and Cristiano Ronaldo also scoring. Um, not the best of performances, but considering they had, what, 24 hours after the news of Solskjaer being sacked, a win's a win and they're guaranteed to finish top of the group, so can't complain in that situation. Get the contract out. Sign the dotted line. Give him what he wants. Carrick's at the wheel. And let's build that statue outside Old Trafford for him. Yeah. Had, had you seen it? I can't remember if it was on Transfer Market or whatever it was, one of the sites. He's listed as the caretaker manager and the assistant manager. He's that good. He could do two jobs. Yes. He's helping himself out. He's that good. Who needs Ralph Rangnick? <laughs> exactly. Uh, elsewhere in that group, Young Boys and Atalanta played out a 3-3 draw. Uh, group G, which we've talked about many times, has been the most wide open group in Champions League history. Still is the most wide open group in Champions League history because. Are we very debatable if we can say in history? But Okay, in recent history. We haven't done the research, so I'll take your word for it. But uh, at this minute in time, anyone can finish top and anyone can finish bottom. Let's just put it in short because. Lille are on 8 points, Salzburg are on 7, Sevilla on 6 and Wolfsburg are on 5 and uh, the final match day sees Wolfsburg take on Lille and Sevilla take on uh, Salzburg so it's going to be a very very interesting final group stage there Um, and finally Bayern Munich won 2-1 2-1 against Dinamo Kiev with Robert Lewandowski scoring a lovely bicycle kick. It was very nice. <laughs> yes. Um, and Borussia Dortmund have been knocked out after losing 3-1 to Sporting Lisbon. Just disgraceful. Is... <laughs> yes. Can they still uh, finish so... third? No, that's the question I want to ask. What, in their group? No, they've secured it because Besiktas haven't no, got a single got point yet. Europa League. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Inter Milan and Real Madrid are also through to the next uh, round of the Champions League, whilst Sheriff Tiraspol will be advancing to the Europa League and Shakhtar Donetsk finish bottom of that group, that's which is just, appalling for them. Yeah, that's bad. Up the Sheriff. Yes. Uh, like we said, we don't usually talk about the Europa Conference League, but... Spurs. How on earth did they become even more Spursy than usual? I don't know. What's, how can this get even more worse when they have one of the best managers in the world there? Is it just proof that you can't save them? Oh, yeah. I mean, he even came out after the game and said, I'm only, what, three, three and a half weeks in, and I re- I now realise the challenge of Tottenham and that some of the players are good enough. What the fuck have I done? <laughs> Yeah, and he he said as well, I'm happy to stay here and try and work this out. But I don't think at the end of the season he no, will be. Okay, I can translate that one as well. Go. I'm happy to stay, but you must get rid of this list of players that just r- rings out a scroll <laughs> and just goes down to the bottom of the page. It's just all <laughs> these players he needs to get rid of. Everyone apart Everyone from Everyone played in that game. Gets out of that squad. Yeah, I mean... Sessing uh, on didn't have the best of games, getting sent off within I'd, I'd half hour. Uh, if you'd seen and Dombele, giving it, I'll have to start to show the manager what I've got. What a half hour cameo that was! <laughs> wow. 
yeah, can't complain. It was a great performance from your Ryan Sessignon. You definitely showed your manager as to why you will never be <laughs> You've shown again. your manager exactly why you will be sold in January. <laughs> yes. I can't believe that. Uh, that guy just hasn't Tango and really Go on. Like, gone on to the heights that was expected of him. I remember seeing him in that season with Fulham oh, when yeah, it was like, unreal and helped them get promoted. And since, he's just been awful. I think it was the pressure of that move mm. to Spurs. And it has well and truly got to him. And he hasn't been able to flourish. Like, if he went to, say, a mid-table Premier League team like Everton's, West Ham's, Wolves, somewhere See, I like don't that, think, I think I he would have flourished. Someone like that would have him. I feel like genuinely he should... If they want him, someone like a Fulham, like go back there. No, oh, I'm not on about now. I was on about like before he joined uh, Tottenham. I think he I would have flourished Wolves. then. I want to put Wolves in the uh, but, hmm. but now, I think, yeah, maybe a move back to Fulham or maybe a move abroad just for like 12, 18 months just to get like himself back playing football would help him out a bit. Yeah, I just think he needs to leave because he's harming himself by doing that. And someone else and needs to leave. He, Delhi, goddamn Ali. Because how is he still at that football club? Do you know what's funny is what they keep saying? You got to play Ali more. He's gonna come good. He's clearly got the ability. Well, where's that then? He doesn't. Oh, a hundred percent. He is just absolutely god awful. I mean, the man is just scamming everyone for a living at this rate. He's got still another two and a half years left on his contract. But how on earth he stays is beyond me because he is just so, so bad. He's, he's in a period of his career where he's just lacking confidence on the pitch. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's almost like Jesse Lingard. Like carbon copy. I was just about to say carbon the exact copy, same thing. And he thing. needs to look at Jesse Lingard for inspiration how to get out of it. Yeah. I don't know where he goes. Like, like he, He's only... Any, I think again, a move abroad would be one that's perfect for him because he's 25 now. He could still potentially get back in that England squad. Like his age doesn't rule him out, but he needs to get a move away from Spurs, out of that environment of where he's comfortable, and really test himself to support. Like you said, very similar to the Jesse Lingard situation at Manchester United. Lingard got that move to West Ham and proved himself, and did get back into the England squad, but. If Daly Ali stays at Tottenham, there's no way he's getting back into Gareth Southgate's side anytime soon. No, and with Spurs, I think we've said it many times, but what you can replicate towards is Spurs need to go through like an NBA style rebuild. Get rid of the dead way that's yeah. not working anymore. Just take what you can get from. Yeah, Daniel Levy now needs to go into this January window and not be as stingy as he wants. Like Harry Kane and Hyungman Son, if clubs came in for them, then you can say, yeah, be as like strong and adamant about not getting rid of them too, because them two are the two that you need to build this club around. But everyone else, you can just say if Deli Ali's worth twenty million, if someone comes in with fifteen, you take that fifteen. In my eyes, yes, for business wise, it's not good. But to help with that rebuild process, it needs to happen. I don't know if I'd be except fifteen. I think twenty. Maybe I would go and four. But yeah, I don't. They, I don't know if they need to go for a full fire sale in January. The summer definitely. But 
Yeah. Obviously, the, the danger obviously of doing it's going to be harder in January. The danger of doing it in January is of people going to actually let you sign players from them as their replacements because people oh, yeah. will know, oh, we've got them in a position now. We know that they're they're desperate. Mm. Yeah, and they'll end up overspending on signings if they uh, get to a desperate part of the transfer window. They are looking for replacements. But yeah, um, losing to the lowest ranked side in the Europa League, a team that hadn't won in the Europa League as well before. Did you see as well that someone had done or the Europa yeah, Conference League? Uh, someone had done the club index like equivalent for this team. Mm. They match apparently alongside Accrington Stanley. Oh Jesus! That's the level they were beaten by. Well, I'm sure I saw something that they were only founded 12 years ago. I think it was nine, actually. Yeah, nine years ago. This club haven't even passed through secondary school yet. They're not even double figures yet. Like, if you're not double figures, you're not a football I was right. I said secondary school. They haven't got out of primary school. (laughs) Exactly. And the fact that Spurs have lost to them. They've only been in the top Slovenian division since 2018. It's so embarrassing. He actually, like, I know we always joke on podcasts and just talking in general about how Spursy can Spurs be, but that is peak Spursiness. It's hold my refillable cup of beer. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. It's just absolutely ridiculous to see from them. Um, other good news, though, in Europe for the English sides, West Ham and Leicester, I believe, are through to the knockout stages. Yeah. West Ham have done in the yeah. West Ham have done very well though in a bit of a dreamland situation, as we've said many times. Leicester's was a bit more like wow, okay, they did pretty well there because they were bottom of the group before the game yesterday, and then suddenly they were top. Yes, and they're actually not guaranteed to go through because uh, Leicester are playing Sparta at Moscow and Napoli are playing Leicester so if Leicester lose they actually potentially could go out mm, Yeah. so Leicester aren't guaranteed to be playing uh, round of 32 football in the Europa Conference League but West Ham are definitely through in their group but yes uh, a very entertaining week in Europe never, nonetheless and it's time to head over to the Premier League preview now as we have a full schedule of games to look forward to this Saturday and Sunday. Uh, where do you want to start with us for this weekend? It's still fun because nothing massively stands out, does it, other than one game? And that is the half-four kickoff between Chelsea and Manchester United. Yeah, two very contrasting teams at the minute. Chelsea absolutely flying high at the top of the league. Um, obviously not massive points differential between themselves and Manchester City but when you look at the gap between themselves and United 12 points and complete massive uh, differences in how they're playing you would say this should be a comfortable Chelsea win obviously injuries now may play a factor into that but I'm still thinking Chelsea will win this game Yeah, like you say playing well, the way they played, it's confidence. It's also the styles. Like Chelsea are very drilled into mm-hmm. them in a couple of months. Manchester United, they don't have one. <laughs> yeah. So could could this be uh, bad? Could this be like really bad? 
results. Could this get Liverpool bad? Yes. Potentially, yes. But at the same time, it's then what? There's nothing like, oh, Carrick's lost a league game. Well, that he's not going to be in charge after that. So it's one of them where it's like you lose. It's incredibly hurtful for your progress of moving up the Premier League and trying to get European football for next season. But then at the same time, you're not really learning anything, are you? Because it's just one game for Michael Carrick in the league, not like say he's third or fourth game in charge. I think they're almost expecting maybe to lose this one. They're just like, look, let's just get through this one. Okay, they, I think they're lucky that Kaka isn't playing because he would have smelt blood. Yeah, because obviously they've got no Maguire and no uh, Varane this week. That might be a good thing United, to be there. So, well, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how United do line up. Obviously, it'll probably be by and Lindelof in the back four. But uh, does that mean we'll look on the bench and we'll be like? Phil, what are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, he did travel with the team to Spain. <laughs> Although he's not in the Champions League squad, he was a part of the team that travelled. The return of the Jones. Can't say, please, no. Uh, but yeah, that is definitely the standout game for us this weekend. Um, the game before, or well, one of the games before, because there's four two o'clock kickoffs. Man City West Ham that I completely lie when I say there's nothing interesting. I didn't spot that one. <laughs> yeah, that is gonna be an absolute classic. Moyes versus Guardiola. Oh, what a battle. <laughs> That's the real managerial yes. battle I wanna say. <laughs> exactly. And I genuinely can't write this one. Like I'm usually like seasons are past I'll say, oh, okay, Man City should win this one quite comfortably but the way West Ham are, I know obviously they lost their last game to Wolves 1-0, but they're having a really good season and they've done well against the big sides that they face. I mean, they've beat Spurs, they've beat Everton, they beat, uh, what you call it, Liverpool most recently as well. So anything can happen with yeah. this game. They'll definitely be going to the Etihad trying to snatch it almost. I don't expect them to control mm-hmm. it. But no. It's whether they can manage what Man City do. Can they force Man City into being their easily predictable selves that they usually go down? I think there is that possibility for it to happen. We know what Man City's predictable ways it's get the ball, pass around the middle, see the man open up wide, is just going to try and pass it along the floor, across the box for like a Sterling to tap it. Hmm. So predictable at this point. Yes. But it works, so. But uh, I would. It- well, yeah, can't complain. I would expect Moyes to come up with some thing to counteract that. Um, I look at the rest of the weekend on Saturday. It, the weekend kicks off with Arsenal against Newcastle, a game that is always entertaining in the terms of you never know what's going to happen in it at yeah, times. I've, forgot, I've forgotten what the uh, how long is the isolation period now with COVID tests? Because because obviously Eddie Howe. Tested positive last week. I'm guessing he won't be in the dugout still. No, he. Oh, yes, okay. he will be. He's tested negative and is uh, available to go in the dugout this week. I was going to say, I have a feeling this could be a, a bit of a goal fest. 
Yeah, um, it came out this morning. Uh, Keith Downey of Sky Sports twist, uh, tweeted Eddie Howe's tested negative for COVID this morning and will be in the dugout. I, 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 like, I never know what the isolation periods are anymore. You just don't see any stuff like that on the news anymore. No, it's it's impossible to guess. But yeah, I think this definitely will be a game that is full of goals. Mm. Hopefully. Yes. Um, elsewhere in the Premier League, so the three o'clock kickoff see. Norwich take on Wolves, which would be a very interesting game in terms of how are Wolves going to uh, play against this Dean Smith side. Obviously, they're in good form, Wolves up to sixth, but can that new manager effect continue for Dean Smith's side after last yeah, week's win? Dean Smith, secretly as well, will be vying out for revenge after the way it happened last time against Wolves. I don't remember it. 16th of October when he was Aston Villa manager how have you forgotten this because I'm the one trying to forget it oh yes that last minute collapse or last 10 minute collapse yeah. I say the capitulation that just summed up yeah. everything that was wrong towards the end yes uh, speaking of your Aston Villa you travelled or not you personally but I, the I'm team travelled to Crystal Palace <laughs> uh, they faced Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace at Sauerhaus Park again I think could be a really interesting battle um, it's going to be a close one I'm not expecting a lot of goals in this but I could see this being like a 1-1 2-2 type game it'll be interesting to see how it matches up because we're so used to playing Palace when they're a lot more defensive but every time we play them at Salas Park something happens like it, mm. there's a bit of controversy always that tends to happen Potentially it could happen this week as well because I've seen the referee is making his Premier League debut. Oof. Is it that Andy Gillette fella? Or Anthony Gillette? No, I believe the guy's name is Neil Salisbury. Oh, who's coming up from the Championship? Yes. Like, you'd think that, oh, you've been promoted to the Championship for a reason. You've obviously done pretty good. But I still have the flashbacks of how awful those Championship referees were. Well, yes. Some of them Just aren't really the best at times. Some of the things are sort of... Oh. <laughs> painful. Uh, but no, I don't know what to expect. Yes, uh, right, are let's... a really good team right now. And we are still figuring stuff out. Yeah. Uh, a quick look through the rest of the fixtures. Liverpool hosts Southampton. And then the half-five kick-off sees Brighton take on Leeds. And then the Sunday games are Brentford versus Everton, Burnley, Tottenham... The Claudio Ranieri derby as Leicester take on Watford. <laughs> I try and get a derby out In every fact, weekend possible, and one. I have He's managed there, to get one this weekend. one of the best managers ever, so. Yeah, and as we said, Man City take on West Ham and finish off with Chelsea versus Manchester United this weekend. Didn't you even think about so the Ranieri stuff? <laughs> just no account of mine. <laughs> to be fair, I've only just thought about it as I was going through the fixtures, but yeah, some good fixtures to look forward to this weekend in the Premier League. And... Uh, Let's hope it's a goal fest at the games. And Let's face except it. Except uh, Man United Chelsea. We had the goal fest last week. This week will be boring as hell. Don't say that. It's coming though. <laughs> you know it's I coming. Mean, it, pro- it probably does prelude to that, but I don't want it to happen. Nobody wants it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I'll hand over to you now to do the predictions league. The podcast has gone forever. <laughs> Yes. Uh, we'll start with Brighton against Leeds. 
Um, I really don't know how to call this. Obviously, Brighton are having the better season than Leeds, but I feel like this is a really cagey game, and I'm going to go with 1-1. Here we go again, then. <laughs> uh, I've also, Wait, is this yeah, our first also said 1-1. Oh god! Did we didn't have the same prediction last week, did we? No, but you know, it had to happen, didn't it? So uh, second game, yes. Brentford against Everton. <sighs> um, something in me says Brentford are winning this. I don't know why, but I'm going to go with uh, Thomas Frank side to win two one. See, I was very close to backing Everton in the same position. But I think it's going to end in a one-all draw as well. So that's back-to-back one-one draws you've gone for this weekend. Yes. So game number three, I have, of course. Oh well, now I've just realised. Would you be willing to predict Chelsea Manchester United? I'll happily do it. It's not my favourite thing to predict, but I'll do it. Um, I'm going to go for a. Manchester United to lose 2-1. So, uh, what are you expecting for the United-Chelsea game then? I'm expecting United to get absolutely thrashed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, no, I say thrashed. I've gone nice. I've said 3-0 Chelsea. Oh, OK, not too bad, but it's a loss. It's still a loss. Uh, I was what have you to for. <laughs> <laughs> Please, no. Uh, what have you gone for our three European games? Well, I say European games, but more like the third one. The first one, though, is in Syria, and it is Juventus against Atalanta. Oh, God. Um, Obviously, we just briefly spoke about Juventus not having the best of seasons. So I'm going to go with Atalanta to win 2-1. That's my third 2-1 of the weekend, but it's my favourite scoreline, it seems. I do wonder if you could secretly see what I'm writing because I've also said 2-1 for Atalanta oh gosh uh, before you go on to the next game uh, the Juventus documentary came out yesterday I was going to mention this at the end yeah, how did we not know this I knew it was coming I, like I knew it was happening but I completely forgot about it yeah I've seen notes on it as well so I'm annoyed of where it's going like we know where it's going we're obviously all skipping to episode 7 <laughs> I only I only watched episode one, so I'm doing it day by day. But anyway, but back to the exactly. predictions league. We'll, like, we'll watch it all this weekend, and we'll come back on Monday and give a review. Of it. Yes. What we'll is probably going next on? Thursday? We'll do an overall review. <laughs> we'll just <laughs> say our notes next Monday because I've heard a lot of good things. Mm. Uh, game five, anyway. Yeah. What you got for us? Yeah, uh, La Liga, Real Madrid and Sevilla. See, this game always seems. From looking out the outside, I don't follow. Uh, La Liga too closely but I feel like it's a very exciting game I'm going to go with it being a 2-2 draw oh god so close (laughs) (laughs) I have gone for a 2-1 Real Madrid win okay and you said not quite European so what have you gone with our 6th game then it's definitely not European because game 6 is this weekend's Copa Libertadores final Okay. It is Palmeiras against Flamengo. The game takes place 
the, this Saturday, 7.45, I believe. It's live on the BBC as well. That's nice. Uh, Palmeiras versus who, sorry? Flamingo. Uh, I've got to figure that you don't know who plays for any, any of these teams, by the way. Not anymore. Wait, is Andres Pereira at Flamengo? I know we sent him somewhere well, out he, in Brazil. He's not one of the names I know of, but I know. That, see, I don't want to say any of the names until you've made the prediction. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to go with Flamingo to win 2 0. For God's sake. <laughs> Just go away. <laughs> see if half of our predictions we've matched. I've also gone for 2 0 Flamingo. Gosh. And this game is full of like Brazilian internationals from like the last ten years. Mm. Flamengo have David Luiz in defence as he's trying to become the twelfth player to win the Champions League and Copa Libertadores. Jesus Christ. And the most known player Palmeiras have is Felipe Melo. Again, former Brazil international. Okay, I've just Flamengo also have Kennedy, Kennedy. former Chelsea loanee. <laughs> I love that you know that reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who was the other one? There was another big name one that I needed to. Luis Adriano. Uh, Luis Adriano was one. There was another. Felipe Melo. Danny Lowe. Felipe Melo. The former uh, Juventus player, Danny Lowe. Jesus Christ, I am just having a quick look at the squad now and it is full of a lot of players that are known. Felipe Luis, that was it. I knew he was already there, left back for Flamengo. Yes. Uh, yeah, just old school Brazilians all yes. over this gaff. Really is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, right, uh, a reminder heading into this weekend's you've got a three-point gap and uh, have you made any changes to your fantasy team? I had done it. I'm trying to remember what I'd done now. I'd got rid of Yuri Tillmans as I know he had a long-term injury coming. Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I thought I'd made the change, but I do mean to make the change. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I have made that change because Tillmans was also in my squad and I've bought in... I've got three uh, injuries. <laughs> I, I've still got one. Uh, I've bought in Conor Gallagher as a replacement. Uh but he's on my bench. <laughs> he's on the bench this weekend, uh, so I'm still starting Pierre Emile Hoiberg as they play Burnley. But other than that, no changes um, to my team. So my next change, hopefully, if no one else gets injured, we'll be getting rid of Christoph Ayer, who's been injured for about six weeks now. But I haven't been able to change him out of my team because there's been other injuries. I've made the change. I've put Mason Mountain. Decent. Right, uh, let's finish off this quickly because, uh, like you said, we have been going on for a while uh, to the bit of the situation which you call Funniest Moments of the Weekend. Bit of the situation. <laughs> My word! That is quite something! I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! Never gets old that theme no, tune. Is it the best? It? In, is it the best jingle? So on, you said podcast? you yes, exactly. We've got Ray Hudson's <laughs> screaming at the end. It's definitely it the, the best underrated, at least. Uh, so I'll let you start 
definitely. I'll let you start with what have you got for us this weekend. This week. (laughs) You had some. I have some. Mm -hmm. I want to start, though, with one that's not completely football-related, but had you seen all the Sing Your Dialect Twitter Spaces stuff? Yes, I didn't click on it, but I had no I didn't fully listen. I I was on for, like, five minutes, but I didn't get to see Declan Rice busting out at some bars. Yes, uh, I think he sang twice on seen, that. Yeah. yeah, I've only seen the Rice Rice Baby, and I never want to hear it again. <laughs> no, it is quite embarrassing, but um, let's hope that never does come back out again, and I don't know why that suddenly went popular uh, yeah, this it's week. Just, it's just strange, but it's it was weird strange. seeing like many football club adderings on there as well, a load of other celebrities, other footballers. Nigel Farage. <laughs> Why? I wanna go home. Yeah, where he's on there busting out Royal Britannia. <laughs> Gone save the queen every second verse. Yeah. Uh, right, what was the other thing you've seen? Well, I'll let, I'll say the one, and then I want to leave the one to the end because it's not funny. Such it was a thing that got rejected. But uh, did you see the new meme? That was born in when Luciano Spalletti completely ignored Rui Vittoria at the end of the Napoli Spartak Moscow game. I briefly saw it. at least see Vittoria's reaction when he ignored it. Yeah. It's that nod of the head of. Okay then. (laughs) So memeable. Um, I will be using that so much. Yeah. It's one of them that will probably come out a lot this weekend, maybe. Um. Do you know right, what, it's you whenever you see me make a prediction in the predictions league. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, my two stories now. So, at the start of this week it came out um, that there was a friendly match between the Lazio staff and a Vatican City eleven. Right? So, it's a big game. You know, the Pope could play football. <laughs> he, he didn't play. Um, so, if you're thinking... Italian friendly match, the Pope has organised it. Who do you think would referee it? Bearing in mind we're in Italy. Who is the most famous Italian referee you can think of? Is he Italian? Is it is it Kalina? Yes. Was he the ref? Please tell me he was the ref. No. He wasn't. Oh, for f- Instead, it was Chiro Immobile. Oh, that's why I saw Chiro Immobile in a referee shirt this week. Yep. He, he, Immobile was the referee of that game. <laughs> I mean, I have was no Lucio Sarri not available? <laughs> he was in confession after swearing and smoking so much. He was on the sidelines having a fag with the Pope. <laughs> the Pope just in his little box. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that really was incredible. And the final story I have is to relate to women's football and Brazilian great who is uh, Formiga who has retired after 26 years of representing her country she was has played at seven world cups and seven olympic games at the age of 43 she has finally called time on her Brazilian national team uh, career playing over 230 times for her nation seven olympics and seven World Cups is something that will never, ever be beaten. Yeah. Give it a rage on my mate Barcelona. I haven't tried to sign her. 
Well, the Barcelona women team definitely don't need it because Jesus Christ, they run that league. Uh, but yeah, that is absolutely just incredible. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, to the, to be fair, I know there's been so many more because I feel like this week has been like outrageous. There was the stuff we oh, I forgot the guy's name, the French guy, Ronald Molina. That was um, all those tweets, but like, the only reason I'm not asking is because there's so much that was mentioned that I don't, I don't want to get involved. <laughs> Plus, I don't know how truthful that any of that was, but we'll take it all with a pinch of salt. Inverted commas in capitals, allegedly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but uh, the last one. Wasn't it great to see this week that IFAB rejected the plans for 25-minute half-time breaks? And plan on having some... They want... There was some proposal of what was it? Like a Super Bowl type halftime show? Yeah, like the fifteen minutes feel long enough. Fucking, especially when you're at a game. Bloody hell! And that, like, we don't need halftime entertainment. We've seen this in person. With the well, we have been to women's games and they've had halftime entertainment. All right, it's nice, but it, it's so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, us two are big followers of uh, American football. It drags on a lot, doesn't it? It does, and it does depend on who the act is. Like, let's face it, no offence to Nathan Dorr. Like, I, I like a bit of Nathan Dorr. Do you like a bit of Nathan Dorr? Yeah, not too bad. It's right, but let's face it, if he comes out when it's half-time at Villa Park and we're 2 nil down, he's getting booed out the building. Yeah. Like, could you imagine a Manchester derby and next thing you see, bloody Noel Gallagher comes on singing Wonderwall. At Old Trafford, I don't think that would happen. No, I'm... <laughs> Oh, you would, you know what would happen at Old Trafford? It would be so typical. You'd be, you'd be five 0 down to Liverpool. Ladies and gentlemen, H. <laughs> God. Well, I'm glad IFAB have rejected this situation because it's too American, we, and we don't need to Americanize soccer. We would have so many like jar rule situations. Oh, <laughs> you know that God. kind. Of, Are we ready? Utter silence. I guess not. <laughs> uh, right, uh, we will be back in our usual uh, spot at the start of next week to round up all the talking points from this weekend's action of football and any more breaking news that we have across the weekend. Uh, but until then, like I said at the start, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us from and follow us on Twitter at Pod for all the latest news and stories. And until next week, it's goodbye from Brad. See you. And goodbye from me. We'll see you soon.